Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tales with TR episode 155A. Here we are. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Good to be with you again. And thanks to Terry Ryan Sr., my guest, last uh, podcast last week. It's always uh, a decent conversation with Senior, and uh, we get lots of great feedback. And congrats to Senior. If you missed it, he's getting his jersey retired in St. Mike's, his old high school, Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland. It's happening during Salmon Fest, which is a great time of year. Um, Senior's family being from there. uh, I would go in every summer for at least a couple weeks. And uh, being involved in minor sports, I'd often go in for baseball or, or what have you. But we, we'd go in and, and vacay anyway kind of thing. It was always during the Salmon Fest. Some of my best friends growing up, Jeremy Hart, Pete Randall, um, Pete Morris. A lot of the boys, uh, you know, just I've known them my whole life. I often talk about drinking Labatt's on here, why I drink uh, so much. Bud Light, Labatt's, Labatt Light, whatever, Stella, all of the above. Uh, it's because, for the most part, my good friends, uh, Jeremy Hart, basically, and um, way back in the day, Mike O'Neill, I've spoken about him. He's uh, 
ex-athlete, played hockey. But Mike, Mike, Mike is um, runs gyms now as a personal trainer. And uh, the, the reality show I went on years ago called "Define Yourself" was Mike after, just after he left Labatt's. There's another real good buddy back in the day, Corey Power, who lives out west now, a real character in and around senior hockey. And if you ever just met him, anyway, those guys are my real, real good friends. We go way back. And uh, Steve Tobin, I'll mention him. Just, just guys that I've known a long time, and they're with Labatt's, and that's why. But uh, you know, I'll have the odd cores. The odd Molson drink, of course. Mark Rideout, Kyle McGraw, teammates of mine on the St. John's Caps. And, um, you know, I'm not tied to one, but if I had to pick one, sorry, Rides, and sorry, Kyle, but for the most part, it's uh, Jeremy Hart's been my good buddy since we are about five or six years old, really. I started to go in Grand Falls in the summer. But Enough about that. We'll have Senior on again soon. And pay attention. The Salmon Fest is uh, mid-July. I'm going to try to do something. I never, ever use Instagram Live, but I'm going to start doing that. Um, now, as far as YouTube goes, okay, yes, the episodes are going to be on YouTube. Uh, it's been haphazard lately. Um, senior came last week. You know, I, I didn't cue that up. That's on me. You see, I'm in the process here, folks, of rebranding everything. So I don't know if you've noticed but on my Facebook, um, and I'm trying to do it on Instagram, but I've changed my name on Facebook to Terry Ryan, brackets, tales with TR. And the logo, if you just check it out, you know, you follow me on Facebook if you're on there, most people are, you'll see what I mean. I have a new logo, um, and it's going to be, is that, I think you say cross-brand or cross-marketing with my, my pop, well, basically everything, right? My, my books, of course, have their own cover but uh, we're going to have a link tree set up and from my uh, you know all my social media and my podcast and my drink which is going to be TR's Tonics um, we're going to have a similar sim now for the drink we're going to have a few different gimmicks, ads symbols for lack of a better way to put it but I do have uh, you know it just says TR established 1977 and it's in like an NHL style shield, like a Route 66 shape, you know, that shape, the NHL logo shape. So I've got that for a few reasons, but uh, I just, I find it a little pretentious on my Instagram to just have TR established 1977 with my name. So I, I don't even know if anybody can help with that, but I, I can't change my name on Instagram. I've tried. I can change it on Facebook. It doesn't. You'd think it would go hand in hand since they're both linked, but it doesn't. And no matter what I do, I can't. So my Instagram, I'm, I'm waiting. I want to change the logo, and then we're going to do Universal. But again, I find Terry Ryan with just a logo, TR77. I find that really pretentious, narcissistic, egotistical. I just want to be able to change it to Terry Ryan brackets tails with TR, and then people will get it. My symbol will represent the drink, the podcast, the books, the websites, the whole shot. We're going to do a link tree. And uh, for that, I will thank my good friends, uh, well, mainly Donnie Cody, who's uh, on the scene here in Newfoundland and real good at branding, real, real smart guy. And he's helped uh, the group of us that are putting out the drink. I want to release all this soon, but um, it's better to be patient than... 
well, it's better to be patient than impatient, but uh, I think we could put out a decent product now, but I guess safe than sorry kind of thing. I'd rather be patient and do it right. Who knows? We could roll the dice now, but I'd like to have my ducks in a row. And I'd also like to be honest with you, season two of Shorzy to at least be out. It's been off the air now for an hour and a, or a year and a half or, or off the air. <laughs> Fuck, I talk like it's 1985. Um, there's nothing new in the Shorzy department for the last year and a half. And finally, we'll have a new season in September. So I think that's going to be fresh. And I'd rather start fresh. We're also going to do a little bit of spit and chiclets, chiclets cup soon. So anyway, for those who are wondering, yes, I plan on putting it up on YouTube, my podcast. Yes, um, I'm going to start having merch with the branding and all that stuff. And hopefully uh, I'm going to put Penny Lane in charge of it, to be honest with you. I'm going to teach her a little bit about, uh, you know, can't hurt her to learn a little bit about branding and marketing and, and just anything really, but what it takes not just here, here, Penny Lane. Here's here's your Jeep. Oh, we got the white Jeep, by the way. Um, here's your Jeep. Rather than just, you know, we, we 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 the things that we've got in our life that are new. The, the the house, the Jeep. She has to understand the process. It's I don't just do this. I don't just do Shorzy and then be able to buy things. That's a month. It's it's great pay. It's you know a month and change, right? It's by certainly not my only means, and I have to really work. And, and keep up the image and the branding and the, you know, the planning and the organizing. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a group of us. And Penny Lane is very aware of that. And, uh, I'm going to have her not in charge of, but really help with the TikTok and the day-to-day -day stuff. Uh, am I going to, and I don't want to get any fucking emails about child, child labor or anything else. No, I don't mean I'm going to put her in a fucking sweatshop and be making shirts and shit. I mean... She can sit with me and help me plan. Uh, you know, a lot of these cameo things I do, a lot of these, you know, you, you you call them social media post ads, whatever you want to say. You know, the cameos, the ditties, the poems, the promos. Penny Lane helps me with a lot of that. And I think it's often I'll float an idea out and she'll finish it. And, you know, not everybody's creative, but you can teach someone to be more creative and use their own mind and their own process. Now, I'd rather her learn that now than first year university because she's a creative person, right? But the earlier you can learn the process and hard work, let's not forget, right? Um, I think the better off you'll be. Now, so that's that. My guest tomorrow, folks, I was going to have Tessa Bonham wait on that. Um, I'll tell you what, it's going to be Joe Lazito, and I'll tell you why. And then I'll get into Joe a little bit, who's one of my favorite people. Tessa uh, got back. Like I said, she was going to be my guest on Friday. That's why Senior kind of subbed in, although I'm glad I had him. Um, she was on her way back from Latvia covering the World Hockey Championships. And she, I have to go Thursday. By the way, all, all you out there in Atlantic Canada that want to come and meet me or, or chat hockey or, or podcast or Shorzy. I'll be in Moncton this weekend for the Hockey Heroes event. Um, I believe we're playing hockey. I didn't even look. They asked me to do it. I'm always ready to play hockey. It's either hockey or golf. You know, so what happens is you go with other, I, I believe, close to 20 other hockey, quote-unquote, heroes. I hate to use that word. 
But that's what it's called, Hockey Heroes Weekend. So someone will bid on each of us, and you know, there's a draft. So they'll put the, you know, the teams will come in, and you got to raise X amount of dollars to have a team, right? Once you do, you get to draft players. So and now then you play a tournament, you know, kind of a round robin kind of thing, and you get to play with the pro player, and then kind of he or she, um, Tess is going to go, and she's a great hockey player gets to hang out with that particular group, whoever bid on you for the weekend. There's some communal events, but for the most part, you'll play with that team and you'll hang out with that team. I love doing this. And, uh, of course, I go to these things and uh, often, if I get drafted anywhere other than last, it's because there's more to, in other words, like I'm going to go to these things with some legends, right? Like, I don't know. The last one I did, Corson was there, Tucker, uh, LaRock, um, God, Steve Thomas, uh, Colton Orr, you know, guys that are Brad May, Ken Reed, uh, God, uh, Patrice Brisebois, guys like that, that are real established. Some of the, you know, they're all guys who played a long time in the NHL. I guess you just have to be an NHL alumni, which I am, but for the most part, you know, people are paying to see their childhood heroes. Now, when it comes to me, I'm sure a lot of them followed me along in my early years, but, uh, you know, when it comes to the Montreal Canadians, a lot of people would probably rather Gila Fleur or bad example, rest in peace, key, uh, Chris Nyland, I don't know, or Guillaume Latondres, I don't know, but, I go to these things, and a lot of people like the book, the podcast, and now Shorzy or Chicklets or whatever, right? And, I mean, I kept myself in shape, so a lot of these older guys, for good reason, um, and, and are a lot older, are, are, you know, in a different spot. So they're probably not out there ripping up the ice, whereas I can go out and at least give you a game. I'm still playing. Uh, just got off the ice with a bunch of young pro guys, junior guys, college guys. So... You know, the combination of Shorzy and, and, you know, the little things that I'm involved with. I mean, let's face it, I did go eighth overall, but, um, you know, some of those guys got Stanley Cup stories and, you know, Hall of Fame stories. I don't really have those, but I do have stories. And, uh, you know, I, I I love talking Shorzy, chicklets, whatever. And then, you know, I like, I like going to these things because I'll meet a bunch of people and they'll be candidates for my podcast going forward. We have Rick Vive coming too soon, by the way, uh, and Ron Dugay. I'm looking forward to getting to them. And I met them at such an event. So that's that's the deal, right? So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So this weekend, keep an eye out for it. It's going to be Moncton, and it should be a lot of fun, and there's a lot of communal events we'll be at. Each night ends with a restaurant or and or a bar, put it that way. So looking forward to that. See you soon, Moncton. Now my guest, Joe Lazito, tomorrow. Guys, this guy is... A genuine dude. I met him. Joe Joe is a huge hockey fan, huge fan of hockey fights, um, and really roots for the New York Islanders. So I met him when I was playing up and down in one of those years, 97, 98, or 98, 99. My two, I mean, I played three, four, I guess, in the American League, but the first two, um, you know, were were my definitely my best years in the A, and uh, and I'd played a little bit up. So I Joe, Joe was on the scene and he loved hockey fights and he asked me for a jersey. So this is what happened. We used to, you know, I mean every team from junior up, even from midget, I think now, 
you know, after the game, you take your jersey, you put it in the middle, and the equipment manager or one of them washes them, right? The next day you come back and you got your clean jersey or the next game day. But with the Habs, a lot of the time, they take the jerseys after the game, and you know, I just assumed we were getting the same one back. But what they do is take it and auction it off for charity, you know, put them away and go buy a new set of jerseys. I don't know how often they did this, but I'm told every game that can't really be the case. You play back to back, but definitely a few times a year, if not a dozen, I really don't know, but I know they did it. So when I heard this, I was like, well, no one's going to miss a Jersey. So I took a Jersey instead of throwing them at the bin one game, I took it out, signed it and gave it to Joe. This is the way I remember it. He'll, he'll explain it more tomorrow. And I gave it to him because he was a fan. He came to my, and and I mean, he, he brought me food for the bus, uh, he and his wife, God, I can't remember her name. My bad. And uh, we kept in touch back when there was only a fucking telephone to keep in touch. So in the early 2000s, you're not going to believe this. Now, there's a website. Just type in Joe Lozito, L-O-Z-I-T-O, badass of the week. Okay? Joe Lozito, badass of the week. And... It's, when did this happen? Uh, okay, 2011. So 2011, now again, I know Joe. He's a friend of mine. We stayed, and he's prominent in the hockey world. A lot of the people in uh, the New, New England, New York, the area, a lot of hockey fighters, a lot of, you know, a lot of hockey players in general. But I knew he was a general af- affinity he had for, the, for the, the, the rougher part of the game. And remember myself, Aaron Asham, uh, just off those Freddie teams, Jerry Fleming, Dave Morissette, Darcy Harris, Gordy Dwyer. We all, when, when we would go on these trips, we would hang out with Joe. So 2000, and Joe's a huge UFC fan too, MMA fan. So Joe in 2011 is on his way to work, okay? And he's, God, it's bad. I, I forget where he works, but it's, it's, it's not like Carnegie Hall, but it's somewhere like that. And he treks from Philly. So he gets on the, the New York subway. Philadelphia is not far. And he happens to be on there while this dude, Maxim Gelman, I think it's Gelman, it's G-E-L-M-A-N. Again, I'm going to butcher this story, so I'm just going to give you the bare bones of it and look it up. Read the Badass of the Week, Joe Lazito, I'm telling you. Now, I had him on my pod. He was episode 50-odd. I'll, uh, I'll get to it soon. But... He's on the subway, and this dude gets on, and he's in the middle of a killing spree. He's already killed four people. He's got a machete, and he's going to take, and he's yelling that he's going to kill everybody on the on the train, on the subway. So Joe says, fuck that. And he gets up and fights the guy with his bare hands. And the guy goes down, basically saves everybody. And Joe didn't realize how much he was bleeding. You'll see the pictures on this on the, uh, the article I just sent you. And he's slashed up, he's bleaking, there's blood everywhere, and then he realizes, now Gelman's down, the police get him, and Joe comes out, they bring him to hospital, and he realizes what just happened. And shortly after, now there's a lot more to the story, but Joe's deemed as this, the New York subway hero. I'm sure you've heard of it, right? It was like just over 10 years ago, and the story came out. The New York subway hero, as far as I know, it should it should have been bigger could have been bigger, but I remember hearing about it. And then, I mean, think of the population of that area, not just New York City. is one of the biggest cities in the world, right? But you're talking Long Island. He came from Philly. That People look at a map and you'll realize how many people are in that region, right, um, of the world. And 
you know, I don't know how many I know, but it's not, you know, if there's 9 million people in New York, I'm thinking 15 million people, say, in that area, give or take. I'm thinking take. So, and I'm looking, I'm going New York subway here, and I'm waiting for the story, and they kind of explain it, and then, and it's Joe Lazito, my buddy. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, I'll let the rest of the story explain itself as you read it. But we're going to have him on tomorrow. Now, I've already had him on. He's already explained that story. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. With the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can bet on things like money line, puck line, over, under, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for complete offer details. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe that you definitely shouldn't sleep on are Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, all without breaking the bank. Spending less on earbuds means you don't have to worry about breaking the bank and are a great entry point if you're looking for your first pair of high-quality wireless earbuds. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Plus, they have an easy and free return guarantee. Still not sure? They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few extra bucks, and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. But don't just take it from me, Raycon has over 50,000 five-star reviews, and it's easy to see why when you look at their great features like noise isolation and eight hours of playtime with their everyday earbuds. Plus, if you're looking for earbuds that you can wear at the gym, Raycon's earbuds are water and sweat resistant. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So the reason I'm going to have Joe on now in a completely unrelated matter, he joined the Hockey Podcast Network. If, those of you who don't realize it, if you're listening to this podcast now, you're listening on the Hockey Podcast Network. You probably Google Tales with TR, or you probably check the link that I clicked on the link that I posted on my Instagram. So you might not realize it, but we're all under the umbrella of the Hockey Podcast Network. And when they asked me to do this, they wanted me to do the Montreal 
podcast. The Hockey Podcast Network generally has a pod for each team and then a few more on the side, like the one Southpaw has, uh, the, the the hockey fighter guy from Saskatchewan. Uh, the, and, and what's that? Oh, God. My God. What's Southpaw? One second. Fourth Line Voice. Jesus, how did I forget that? Anyway, that's a great, it's a great name, too. I love that name for a podcast, Fourth Line Voice. Well, Southpaw, same thing. Hockey fighter guy. Loves that. Met him years ago. And he ended up going with the Hockey Podcast Network. And now I'm happy to say, I'm proud to say, that my buddy Joe Lazito has been through all that that I met in a really – it wasn't a Habs game when I told you about that jersey. But the thing is, in Freddie, we wore the Habs jerseys. We just – you know, the hand-me-downs, and we just put the Dodge sign up in the corner. So – you could just take that off and you've got a Habs jersey, right? Uh, Fredericton Canadian sense. So we were coming out of the tunnel. I believe it was in Hartford when Hartford were in the minors or Wooster or Albany, somewhere like that. That's where I met Joe. Gave him the jersey. And anyway, we've just remained friends. And now for him to have started his own podcast and to join the Hockey Podcast Network is so satisfying to me. I'm so happy about it. So And check it out. Um, it's called the Coliseum Chronicles. I believe he's going to keep the same name. Literally, he just signed with the Hockey Podcast Network not even a week ago. So we'll ask him about all this, but if you want to get a little bit of um, early sampling in, try, ooh, let's say the Eric Cairns. That was good. Um, he Generally, Joe has New York Islanders or ex-Islanders, someone to do with the team on, but he... He also has others, and, 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 you know, like I said, he likes the rough rougher part of the game, but it's not exclusively. Real interesting, though, if if nothing else, and it's not just stories about clobbering people. I stress to, to, to fans of the game that often give don't give tough guys credit. Let, let's think, who, who's a, a, a tough player there? Oh, Craig Bruby. Okay, there. So... Or even Darren Langdon. Let's go. Darren Langdon's a better example. He coaches locally here, and he's a great coach, a real great coach. Now, look at his NHL numbers. Like, he'd have five points in 60 games in a year would be good. Why? Because he didn't play much. He was there to fight. But Langer's not a bad hockey player. You can't just, even a goon, you skate around in the NHL. You got to get a balance. You got to be, you know, look like you can fit. I mean, on one shift a game, usually, or two, you know, to get two goals and three assists means you're in the right place. You must know where to go. The numbers don't look great, but again, you're not playing much. Remember I had Brant Myers on? He explained it all. So, Langer, like he often says to me, he's like, well, I did play, you know, six or seven years, whatever it was, with Wayne Gretzky. You know, like I, I was in the NHL. So what happens is that, and for, for me, what I really noticed was when you're not playing a lot, and that was my everything in the NHL. Every other league I played in, I didn't really see it like this because I was counted on to score and, and fights came on the side. But when I was with in the NHL trying to cut my teeth, I would notice that, you know, again, it's inevitable. If you're not playing a lot and you know you're not, then you're going to look at the game differently. You're going to size it up, right? So there was many games that I got up there that I didn't even get one shift. So, yeah, they're not within... The games that you see that I played on Hockey DB, that means I had to go out there for one shift or else it doesn't count. Uh, but, you know, and, and sometimes it was literally one shift. So even those games, I'm, I'm still 
relaying the same thought here. I would sit on the bench, the you know, yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm a grocery stick, hardy fucking her. But you'd really get to see the game, and you're watching the NHL, and it's, you, you know, in other words, the best league on earth. And, you know, why does Eric Lindros, that was my first game against the Flyers, why does he go there? Why does he dump it? Why does Leclerc go to the front? Where does Wayne Gretzky go? Played one game against Gretz, one against Lemieux. Where does Lemieux go, you know? Why does Brett Hull go, oh, I see, because he one-times it from the corner, you know? And because some stuff comes on TV, but you just see the highlights. But when you're watching, now that goes for junior and anywhere. Just for me, it was the NHL. So a lot of tough guys, of course they see the game well. They have to, right? Because they're actually dissecting the game. They're on there thinking of systems and coming up with, it's impossible. As you watch your system out there, let's say the power play, where I knew I wasn't going to be in the NHL. So if we're on there, I don't have to worry about, not worry, but I don't have to think about or have any nervous energy about going out there on that power play. I want to be out there, but... I get it. It's Koivu, Damfus, and Corson. Do you guys go mad, right? But I can watch and go, oh, you know what? That might not work there. Why are they dropping it to Breezer when he shoots right? They should drop it to Markov or, or whatever it might be in this situation, right? So, yeah, honestly, in my point of view, it's exactly the opposite. Was Wayne Gretzky a good coach? I think most people would probably say no. Um, I'm sorry, Gretz. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Coach for a little bit. They were in last place. He doesn't coach anymore. I mean, I, I'm assuming. I'm uh, not saying you can't be a good coach if you're a good player. Uh, Rod Brendamore, more anybody. But even Rod worked hard, and you know he had to really learn from the ground up. Uh, but if you think about all the coaches there now in the NHL. Even, even a guy like Sheldon Keefe, you forget he played, right? He's got like 50 games. In other words, he didn't play a whole career. He was in the position of trying to play, was sitting out. I can go around the league, man. Bruce Boudreaux, you know, I don't know, Terry Crisp 40 years ago. Guys played the game, played the game hard, harder than, it, you know, it didn't come easy to them. I don't want to insult those. Uh, the guys I mentioned all got more games than me. But they, you know, a guy like Keith really didn't play a lot, and I can really relate to that. And I, I'm sure he learned the game. And, and, you know, a guy like Crisp... Again, he's long gone, but just bear with me here. Like the way he approached the game, I, I don't believe it's a long time ago, but just hearing stories about him, for example, I don't believe he, he enjoyed that free pass. I think he really worked on his game and saw it from all angles. Hence, he became a coach. Guys like Mike Keenan are, of course, they're known for being hard on, you know, Mike Babcock. They're known for being hard-ass guys, but if you just broke it down to their hockey knowledge, right? they learned it from picking up parts of the game where they played. doesn't always have to be first line in the NHL. And to boot, now those guys weren't goons or anything, but what I'm saying is that that approach, especially if you're a goon, or goon, I hate using that word, a tough guy, of course you will. Like, Dave Morissette, guy I often mentioned, didn't play a lot in the NHL, but certainly knocked Probert out. He really did. You look at it. The game I posted the other day when, when I fought Cam Russell in uh, Montreal. And, uh, it was my last NHL shift, actually, so that's the kind of joke of it. I use it in my stand-up. But earlier that game, you check it out. Morissette, and I'm sitting on the bench with Moose. I couldn't believe what I saw. He fucking put Probert out of the game. Came back, of course, but he knocked him. He had to go get stitches. Knocked him down to one. I've never seen it before. Now, 
Does Moose coach? No. But what does he do? He works for RDS analyzing hockey. Because he can't, like, you know, and I remember that. I remember being on the bench with guys. When I Moose is, is the best example I can think of because I literally, when I was with him, I, I didn't play much and neither did he. Um, and I remember being on the bench and, like, really analyzing the game and, and almost from a coaching perspective, not, like, complaining, not saying we should be out there. But, you know, Moose, you know. There's all kinds of things you talk about, but think about it, guys. You go to an NHL game and you're up and you're down and you go watch. It's great. You go get your popcorn, you get your beer, you come back. You don't have any of that idle time and you got to really be ready. So you're just sitting on the bench. I mean, I tell a funny story about sneaking a hot dog on there when I knew I wasn't going to play and shit like that. But, you know, think about playing or, or yeah, dressing for a three-hour game of the best hockey in the world multiple times and not getting out there we're you're you're looking at in front of your eyes the best players from the best systems you might say this coach needs to be go but they're the systems they're using regardless of what you think of a coach or whether he should be fired the odds are they're using a system that's elite right his coaching tendency might not be great but that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about breaking the game down as a fan, as an observer, as a player. So John Scott has a podcast. How many shifts did he get a game? Right? Not always coaching, but analyzing, breaking down. Nick Kiprios, right? Breaking down the game and and building it back up, commenting on it. Where should guys be? What, what should? Now, the whole contracts, things like that, that's new. You got to learn that. Right, I'm sure maybe an, an assistant in the, even one of the trainers that's good friends with one of the GMs or or an owner might be privy to that. I don't remember even thinking about that. Um, almost kept it on the down low. But when it comes to dissecting the game, I've always said it: give tough guys a bit of fucking credit. Right, they weren't the best players. Of course, they were though. They were in the NHL. They had to be. But you know, within the NHL. They were a lot of people think, you know, on the from playing and, and performing and the finesse and the speed and all that, probably at the lower end of the totem pole. But as far as knowledge, no, I challenge. I would challenge you. There was people on my, I hate to fucking shit on him, but like he's a decent hockey player, but guy a few years older than me, I was battling for time with in Montreal, was a guy, Jonas Hoagland. Now you get to that, you know, he was Swede, I believe, and I did. I had no problem with Jonas, but I, you know, you come over from Sweden and you learn the game a certain way, right? And 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 you just you get you're part of this vacuum, this this machine, this wheel that you're out there, and you just want to be a cog in the wheel, and you want to fit in, and and you know, you're trying to. And I remember seeing that, and sometimes I, he would be a little bit frustrated, at least when I played with him at the beginning. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, putting words in his mouth. I just remember that, and. I remember, you know, if there was one thing about not playing is that I could, like, I could feel his pain because I would watch and he would be fourth line trying to get in there and I, and I, I could dissect it. But I could put it this way. I learned a lot of what not to do or how to prepare myself from watching those. I mean, you'd never say it with my games played with my stats, but I'm, I'm just telling you as a young player, that definitely was part of it. Like, oh, Tux is in the night. Tux got the nod. Darcy Tucker, right? We're roommates. I remember we went like the first 10 games, neither one of us played in 96, 97. Um, 
But then Tuck's got, got the nod. And, you know, so watching Tucks go in and how he approached it, he's a left-hand shooting forward, a little different than me. He played more center at the time. Um, I was mostly wing. But I, I could definitely use his game to my own advantage if I paid attention enough. And when I say his game, by extension, the whole game. And uh, a lot of times, I really mean it, uh, say a guy like Shane Wright, who had healthy scratches this year and people are all down on him, I think that's all right for a young kid. I do. Even when he's playing good. And this goes for girls out there as well. And it might even go for other sports. I can't speak for other pro sports. But once in a while, you know, take a game or two off. Look at it from this angle, right? A guy like I, last couple of years, I've thought really could benefit from that. On, it was the, on the Edmonton, Evan Bouchard. Now he's, since the Barry trade, the Tyson Barry trade, he's really kind of done things that I thought he could do. But a couple of those times, I mean, he's one of their better defensemen. He was never not in the top six. But you could tell times over the last two years that Evan Bouchard was a young, phenomenal player, phenomenal junior, going to be a phenomenal NHLer, pretty much finished the year as a phenomenal NHLer. Well, phenomenal might be a strong word, but great for sure. But there was times that, you know, you just, nothing, nothing against you, Evan, let's sit down. There's ways to do that. Right, kids get upset sometimes. Agents get upset. Not if you handle it the right way. I refuse to believe that. If someone called him in, with, you know, one of the brass coach, GM, fuck whatever, captain for fuck's sakes. Hey, Evan or whoever, Shane, Terry, whatever. Um, you know, we love the way you play. We really do, and we think that you can benefit from you know taking a game or two off. And I don't mean as rest, Evan. I mean to watch the game, maybe with one of us off-ice guys, right? Maybe you give it to a video coach. And maybe you watch the game with him. When we were there, it was uh, Jacques Laperriere, right? I watched more than one game with him. And he would do some of our video. He more, more work with the defenseman. But he would do some of our video, Steve Shutt, Yvonne Cormoyer. So my experience with Steve Shutt, Yvonne Cormoyer, and Jacques Laperriere in Montreal wasn't so much on ice. They would skate us on the ice. Right? Like the Black Aces. And often they'd give us a puck, make us play three on three for two hours. And that was more tiring than any down and back. But more of my experience with them was in the video room. Right? And it wasn't like, Terry, what the fuck are you doing? It wasn't watching my highlights, of which there were none. It was watching other players like me. Right? Like I remember sitting down with Shuddy and he had maybe 20 Rick Tockett um, clips. Rick was a. You know, he's a, you go another guy, coach, now hard worker, but he was a Team Canada guy. But, he, you know, he had similarities with me. Couldn't skate. Like, yeah, couldn't skate that well is not a good way to frame it when you're in the NHL. But, yeah, if I had to work on one thing, it was skating. If Rick Tockett had to work on one thing, it was skating. But he could get the job done. Right? And there was a lot of similarities. He was right. I was left. But I remember Shuddy pointing that out. And when I watched the highlights, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And he said, you know, sometimes he said he's real good at getting it out on the wall. And I was. I took pride in that, getting it out on the wall because – that's something that goes unnoticed. Well, now it doesn't with analytics. But back then, it's not a goal. It's not an assist. It's not a hit. It's not a block shot that goes on the stat. But, you know, getting the puck as a winger and making sure you're either center gets it or high off the glass or off the wall and out is not as easy as it sounds because you're going to get hit, right? There's footsteps every time. If I'm taking the breakout pass from behind the net, the defenseman can always pinch and fucking roll me over. So there's where to go. It's cheat down, cheat up, whether... Maybe I can just fucking tip it out, 
Maybe I hit the centerman if he's Lanks was great at that, Damon Lankow, making the turn and timing it, and I'd hit him on the way out. I bet you I got 10 assists in junior from the fucking defensive zone with Lanks just breaking out. But we really knew each other. But anyway, right, another one was Cam Neely. Am I Cam Neely? No. But I, I played like Cam Neely. I wanted to. My junior experience was very Cam Neely-like, Rick Tockett-like. Uh, another guy in Montreal, not, not quite the fighter that I, 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 you know, that, that I would look up to, but Bobby Smith, people forget that name. Tim Kerr, right? I remember that, doing video. They were out of the league when I was playing. But I remember, oh, God, there was a guy, Bobby, and I can't remember his last name. He was strictly our video coach. Everything else, everything went through him in the end in Montreal. But I remember him pointing that out. It, was, it wasn't just like current clips. People think that it's, it, it's your team or you. No, he was showing me. Bobby Smith and Tim Kerr could really tip the puck well. Like, think Joe Pavelski now. But they were a little bigger. But that, it was putting yourself in that position. And, and you know, knowing that if you're in that, no matter who you are, you can't just go stand in front of the net. You're going to get your winded you're going to get a cross check and a slash you're going to it's not easy there so you got to kind of go in and out like those basketball fans out there think the key right go you, you can only stand in the key for so long because it's a rule violation in basketball when in hockey it's a fucking physical violation because you're going to get fucking murdered right but you go in and out you go in and out you pull back for the one timer and then you go in front of the net for the tip you pull back for the one timer then you go for the nip to tip it goes in the corner at least that's what I did. If it goes in the corner, you know, start cycling with your teammates. Last, if you have don't know whatever, just throw it behind the net. If there's lots of room, use the points. The whole ozone became a natural, almost muscle memory thing for me in that era. Now, it would be different. It's easier to go in front of the net. Um, there's no hooking and holding. There's, uh, it's a lot faster. The breakouts are faster. Um, you know, so you adapt. Anyway, anyway, just trying to give you guys an idea, you know, so someone like Joe, this is not where I was going with this, but Joe is a real, real good idea about the game, and I really recommend it, and we're going to have him on in uh, just a couple days. Uh, I'm going to record it tomorrow being Wednesday, and then I'm going to be in Moncton Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Please come. Please say hi. I'd f much rather that then uh, I, I feel bad. I've often talked about it. I don't get to all my Instagram messages. And I know a lot of you are great and uh, just fans of the show, fans of my podcast, and fans of uh, my books, whatever it would be. And I really, really am humbled by all of that. I, I almost feel bad sometimes that I can't get back to all of you. But it is. And online, it's just a headache. And I, I can't see. There's pictures, but it's not personable. I love going to these events and uh, just chatting with fans of the game. So listen, I got to get out of here. Go pick Penny Lane up. Uh, like I said, we'll be back in just a couple days with 155B. We're getting up there. Joe fucking Lazito, one of my favorite people in the world, and I can't wait. Moncton, this weekend. Tessa Bonhomme, next week. And if you're downtown St. John's this weekend, please, if you want to have a beer, why not go to the Bull and Barrel? Why not go to Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Greensleeves Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, or the Martini Bar? If you're going to go for a bite to eat, I would start with Wedgwood Cafe, Blue on Water, or Merchant Tavern. I was just there this weekend with a few great friends. It was great food. It was great drink. And it was nice to see Jeremy Charles again. 
If you want to work out, you want to change your life, go to Rope Walk Lane, power conditioning, strength and balance for the body and mind, Ryan Power, power conditioning. If you want to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations now on Kim Mount Road and on Torbay Road here in St. John's. Live, laugh, lube, Pitbull pain relief, the pain sticks that just won't quit. Pitbullpainrelief.com. I swear by them. True hockey. Take what's yours. Folks, I'll be back in just a couple of days with more tales, with more TR. Catch you guys on the rebound. Thanks for listening.